Welcome to Married AF. We are your hosts, Brooke and Randall Fowler. On this show, we discuss the topics that really matter. Like Big Vanny Cox and our favorite TV shows. So pull up a chair at our kitchen table and hang out. While I bulldog my nuts. <laughs> hey everybody. Welcome to the second Civilized Creatures Entertainment Network roundtable tonight. We got a couple of guests, new guests, not new to the network, but first time uh, recording together. We have the uh, lovely April and Brad from What's Conversation up? Hello. Next. Welcome, guys. Hey, happy to be here. Couldn't, couldn't miss the Tiger Woods episode, bro. Oh, yeah. And, of course, we got the podfather, John Buchanan from Unbelievably Stupid Podcast. Hey, guys. How's it going? So, I know we've all uh, been paying it. If, you, if you're alive, you paid attention and saw that Tiger Woods just won his fifth green jacket. And you don't even really have to be a golf fan, in my opinion, to have been moved by that. But I've seen a lot of stuff in the media where people refuse to root for the guy. And you don't even have to be a golf fan, just in life in general. And so I wanted to kind of bounce that around off you guys and and get your thoughts on, uh, for one, what you thought of his uh, performance and whether you're a fan or not. And uh, why you think people are such assholes when it comes to uh, somebody getting their shit together and uh, doing good? So, John, what do you think? What do you think of the whole uh, the whole thing? You're a fan of Tiger, not? I got to tell you, I'm not a golf fan at all. I've tried playing golf. I've actually thrown golf clubs into lakes. Uh, my golf ball was a, always a moisture-seeking missile. If there was a cup of water on the course, my ball would find it. But the thing about Tiger is that he is probably the best golfer that's ever played the game. And the fact that he came back and spanked that that whole field, a lot of them basically play their game because of him, the way they play the game, is almost a modern-day miracle. I mean, because last year he couldn't even walk. And now he's out there and he just won his fifth jacket. you got to be kidding me. Yeah, it's, uh, I want to bring uh, Brad and April in here and ask them. I know Brad's a golfer. Um, and what Tiger had, you know, he had his uh, lower back fused. I've got my neck fused, and the neck fusion is much less uh, serious, especially for a golfer, than the lower back. So I can't, I can't even speak enough, and we'll get to his physical injuries, but um, – What'd you guys think, Brad? What'd you think about Tiger? And are you guys fans? Dude, I'm a huge fan. And I'll tell you, um, he, and, and to start it off, Tiger and I are the same age. Um, I started playing golf before I started watching Tiger Woods. But when he came on, he was such a polarizing figure. He took over the golf world and everyone at that point started playing for second place. And when that happened, I mean, things things changed in the PGA. Everything from the money to the performances from other golfers. And now, just as John mentioned, he's playing against these kids that grew up idolizing him, and he went out and spanked their asses. And I I don't know if you guys did, but I, I may have teared up a little bit because it got a little dusty. Oh, I boohooed. Oh, I cried. I know you did. I saw it. 
Oh, we were riveted. I, I watched every second of the Masters. I always do. To me, the Masters is probably, and I'm a I'm a football guy, but the Masters is probably my favorite sporting event on planet Earth. And By bro- far, for me, the entire year, that's my favorite event. <clears throat> I, I give two fucks about golf. I, and I was about to say, I don't, I don't cry over sports. Yeah, I just the only reason I ever watch golf ever is Tiger Woods and. His whole comeback story has been really great to watch. And uh, I mean, Randall will watch the Masters no matter who's playing in it. But I only give a shit if Tiger's playing in it because I want to see him do well. I wanted to see him come back and get back to the top. Here's what I want to ask April and Brooke uh, to get the female perspective. Because a lot of people that hate on him are women because it's well documented his – you know, the guy, everything he does is in the spotlight, of course. So imagine – your indiscretions, which we all have of some sort. And if you say you don't, you're full of shit. We all fuck up. But imagine yours on a scale where everyone on earth talks about it for a year and and scrutinizes it. So as a woman, are are, are you guys able to, sounds like you both are, move on and forgive him for his infidelities? And what do you think about the women that refuse to forgive him for stepping out on his wife? And refuse to root for him. I can put my thoughts past what he does for a living. Because what he did has nothing to do with me. I hope not. You know, I can <laughs> I can separate it. I can just I can separate just like with an artist who yeah. goes out and makes, you know, mistakes. I can separate the art from the artist. So I mean the same way Michael Jackson you know, when you hear what he did and you see the show, the show that just came out, the documentary and I still, yeah, <laughs> when, when, I'm sorry. When Billy Jean comes on, I'm, I'm listening, I'm tapping uh-huh. my toes. I can't help it. But I mean, the thing for me with Tiger and I'm sorry, I stepped on you, Brooklyn, but the thing with Tiger is I separate that because he's the, you know, in other words, just think about the amount of money that he has brought into golf and anybody that's any golfers that put their nose up against him. I, I mean, to be honest with you, the reason that they're making the money that they're making now is a, a lot of it is on the back of Tiger Woods. Hell yeah, they call it the Tiger Tax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, he just him being in a tournament, everyone makes more money. I mean, point blank. When how how old was he when he won his first Masters? He was twenty. Twenty one, right? Twenty one. Yeah, ninety seven is twenty one. And after after his third year in the PGA, the purses literally doubled. And, and right. it just kept growing from there. So you, you just got to think about somebody that had made it to the very top of their craft, their sport, at the age of 21. I mean, it's, it, it's sad to say, but it's bound to happen that they're going to have some infidelities and some shit that goes wrong. It's all about how they correct that and try to move on, whether they just keep going down that downward spiral. But... I, I mean, I think he's proof that you can come back from something like that. Absolutely. And I that totally agree. Yeah, that you shouldn't really just chastise him for the rest of his life because he fucked up. There's plenty of people that fucked up like that. I mean, it's, yeah. Well, how would you feel? And I'm, I'm using you literally, I mean, you know, or figuratively, anyone, if your marital issues, Fights, quips, stupid shit you said, did that everyone knew about. That you would. Your husband with a golf club. That you would never tell anyone. 
And you surely wouldn't hope that your friend started no longer liking you because of that. Well, you surely hope it's not all over the news and every time you turn the corner on every newspaper and magazine, you know? Yeah. I mean, the guy, uh, you know, he had a marriage. None of us were there. You know, I've always refused to weigh in on it and give any opinion because I wasn't there. I don't buy into anything if if I wasn't there. I can't give you a real... No, the situation that ended up on the news, that's all fucked up. We don't know what happened leading up to that. We don't know her side, his side, all that. Whatever it is, it sucks (laughs) that any of that happened. But you can't... I don't know. I, I, I feel like you've got to just allow somebody to apologize and try and move on and try and make it right. Well, I mean, it's all about second chances here. Mm -hmm. Um, And and like Randall said, I mean, everybody has screwed up in their lifetime. And if you haven't, you're crazy. Um, And you got to be able to move past these things. And the media is the one that blows these things up. Right. Um, So when they go out and they start running their mouth and and they, they, they paint the big picture for all of us to see. Now it's up to us whether, okay, are we going to sit on this or not? I've got friends of mine that refuse to root for Tom Brady and I'm not a Tom Brady fan. And I'm sorry about that, but um, I know, I know women that will not root for Tom Brady because they say he's a chauvinistic pig. I me, I'm I'm watching for the sport. I'm watching for the artistry. When Tiger Woods is on the golf course, he's not out there playing a normal round of golf. He is carving up a golf course, moving a golf ball in ways that nobody else can do. And that's why he went out there more because he had more experience than anybody out there at Augusta. Mm-hmm. You know, we look at hole number twelve. All right, for example, that was where he won the Masters. Mm-hmm. He won the that's Masters it. right there. You had Tony Finau, and who was on the group ahead with Tony? Um, was damn it, they both hit the ball in the water. Kepka. Yeah, no, Kepka. No, yeah, it was Kepka. So both of those guys hit the ball in the water, and then Francesco oh. gets up there and hits the ball in the water, and Tiger's like, they mm. must not know the wind swirls up there, and he fucking puts it on the green and moves on. Yep. You know, that's where experience won. Yep. He says, I'm going to put it up 40 feet away, and I'm going to two-putt. Yeah. Well, and it's not take just your, his... Oh, go ahead. Oh uh, No, I was just going to say, take your part and walk away on that one. Well, hey, I want to hold you right there, Brad, and, and Brooks, I want to follow up with the more about the actual golf part, but I want to ask John this question. John, what do you think it says about people in general that have that mentality where they just refuse to root for somebody completely or pull for them to do well? And that that doesn't even have to be an athlete. It can be anybody in the world uh, based on a notion that's brought out by the media. Well, to be honest, what do you think it says about us? Well, I I think it's just not more one. It's jealousy, okay. And then the second thing is, of course, you're going to put. I mean, the guy's 21 years old. I honestly, I say this is all bad parenting. Why he would, why his parents would not pull him aside and say, "Son, you don't even understand. You can't get married right now." Bus loads of women are going to get off the bus and they're going to throw themselves at you. You're only in your 20s. You can't handle that. No man can handle blonde Swedish women throwing themselves at him. I'm sorry, ladies. I know you think that we're, we're, we should be able to handle that. We cannot. We are meant to procreate as many women as we can. That's our animal brain. And when he has all that money and all that power and the women are throwing at him, throwing themselves at him, he can't help himself. But the fact of the matter is, when he, you have to separate the sport 
from the person. Uh, the thing with Tom Brady, I don't like Tom Brady. Why don't I like Tom Brady? Because he's the greatest quarterback of all times, and he shredded my team many a times. But mm -hmm. I got to give it up to him that he's the, the greatest quarterback that's ever played the game. I don't care what he does off the field, and I don't care who he supports or anything like that. When he steps on the field of play, that's what I'm looking at. Same thing with Tiger Woods. I can't, you know, to be honest with you, now he's older, he's in the twilight of his life. This is when you settle down. This is when you have kids. This is when you did it. Not at that time. And besides that, he was running with Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley, two of the biggest man whores on the planet. What did you think was going to happen? I mean, well, that was his posse. The, well, that, that's, a, that's a great point. And what I think is funny or ironic, and uh, Brad and April, you tell me what you think if you agree, is people want to bring down successful people. You know, it's just the normal thing. They want to, you know, humanize them, bring them down to their level, whether it's the misery in one's company, all that. But it, it's almost in reverse now because they should be able to relate the most to this current Tiger Woods who lost almost everything, all the sponsors. You know, he lost half his money, at least to um, his wife and more. Uh, lost his reputation. I mean, crap. When he when he crashed his car into the tree in the fire hydrant, and he was loaded on Ambien in Florida. Yeah, down in I think it was Jupiter, yeah. Florida. And he was, uh, you know, a sad shell of himself. And this is before the back went out. No, that was after surgery. Remember? No, that was his second DUI. This is those are two oh. separate incidents. Um, this is when, when he ran into the fire hydrant in the tree is when everything broke about him having the million girlfriends, the one that was toothless in Vegas, the, mm. all that. And uh, now, seeing him come back, and I want to know if you noticed this too, Brad. He's a different golfer now. He's a different, you know, I know golf is a single game, but he's more of, he, he used to be a stoic. Like other golfers didn't, didn't fuck with him. They didn't really like being around him. He wasn't, he was hard to deal with. That's kind of, you know, been noted. He's not like that now. This time, I mean, he looks like he's having the most fun I've ever seen him have. Have you noticed he does. that, Brad? Yeah, I have. He looks like he's having a great time, but what I think it is is he's been humbled a little bit. Um, when these things happen to you, you got, you got two options. You can, you can keep being the dickhead or you can uh, humble yourself and, and, and surround yourself from the people around you or with the people around you. And like April said off the microphone there and learn, um, you know, April and I have been together since we were literally, uh, my, our first date was our 17th birthday. And oh, I've, wow. I've been torn in bands since then. So I've been around, I've been around, I, I, I cherish my wife. I'll say that. Um, so I haven't had those issues. Um, but to think that you got girls that are just going to throw themselves at you because you are Tiger Woods and you can have anything in the world that you want. I couldn't imagine that kind of power to be able to come back from that and humble yourself and get out there and go spank the very asses of the kids that are trying to beat you. That doesn't get any better than that to me. That's a comeback story for the world. Oh, I know. I mean, do you remember, I don't remember what tournament it was, but when, uh, I just remember it cause it almost made me like cry to my east lake this year no not that was great but i'm talking about when he went down on his drive 
uh, from back spasms. Like that was kind of the yep, yep. end all be all. He, he had hit his driver and I mean, he tried to torque like old tiger and it looked like somebody shot him from, you know, yeah, they had to help him off the golf course and seeing a guy that was, you know, 21 and 1997, I was a senior in high school and I watched that and my mind was blown and to see him go down like that and then struggle for years. I mean, I want to go through a quick little synopsis of his, uh, injuries all the way back to 2002. He's had, uh, his ACL of his left knee, um, orthoscopic surgery to repair, uh, his left knee again, after the ACL, um, had the reconstruction in 2008, um, bulging disc in his neck in 2010, uh, hurt his left knee again in 2011. Um, Achilles in 2011, uh, Achilles again in 2012, elbow strain 2013. I remember when he tore that up. 2014, his back starts fucking up. And that, it just kept, I mean, he was withdrawn from stuff from 2014 till, you know, till he had it fused in 2017. And he had three surgeries prior to his fusion, the micro uh, disectomies, where they just cut out the bulging part of the disc. And those, of course, you know, were temporary, unsuccessful. Um, So the guy's been beat to shit, right? He's 40, he's 42, right? 43. And don't forget, he won a U.S. Open after he broke his leg playing the U.S. Open. That's right. That is right. So you got people don't put in a tiger for me was the first. I mean, I guess you go back to Arnold Palmer and and then, but I mean, they were smoking cigarettes on the course. But tiger was like the first athlete that of my time that was fitness fanatic. And you have to put a lot of that on his, his, his dad Earl and how he was brought up. But Tiger's trained like an athlete off the course for years. So his body, he might be 43, but his body is 70. Mm-hmm. I mean, for God's sakes. And what people don't, I don't think give enough credit to is the fact that his golf game to me, is completely different than the tiger that I, of course, admired when he was 21. He's not the long ball hitter anymore. He can't do it. You know, no, he can't. He can't hit it as far as the kids do. And but he can. He can go out there and carve it up and, and understand the game better than most do. And he's been through so many injuries and so much trial and tribulation to be able to come back from that. To me, it, I've never seen it before, and and you're right. That when I first started watching golf, I mean, we we're watching what Ernie Els, uh, Fred Couples, you know, and and that's not to discount those guys. Of but course. Tiger came in and changed the game, and he brought the masses with him. Have you, uh, John? I'm, I want to hear from you about this because you talk about this a lot on your show. <clears throat> People talk a lot about the the racism in America. And I was telling Brooke, I was watching, of course you saw it at East Lake here in Atlanta. And then, uh, this past weekend at the masters when he's walking up 18. And I know that golf is a predominantly white game, but I saw every white face in that crowd trying to touch this black man that they love. And when he would touch their hands, you'd see people, you know, 
almost throwing up, passing out, you know, like the Beatles when he's walking by. So what does that say to you about uh, how racist we are just in general, John? Is that any correlation there? Honestly, I I really don't think it makes a difference. I mean, to be here's be honest with you. If you're out there and you're a golfer and you're you're actually at the Masters and you're walking around, if you're that much of a golfer, there there's no race in your game. You're just looking at a really, really good golfer. Now, that being said, those same people could leave that course and go somewhere else. And I don't know if that really has anything to do with racism in our country. I, in my heart of hearts, believe that, you know, we have a narrative right now. To me, and and I'm from the North, so I don't know that much about it, but you being from the South, I think that race relations now in this country seem to be better than they ever have been if you don't look at the media and you don't look at the stories in the media. If you just go out in America and walk around and see what's going on there, I think everything is a lot better, certainly was in the 60s, so I don't know. But I think that what happens is somebody says, okay, well, we have to make a story and we're going to make this about race. And I think we just decide to go back to where we just start treating people like people instead of saying Tiger Woods is a, you know, he's one of the best golfers. He's not one of the best black golfers. He's one of the best golfers that ever played the game. And to me, I think when you, it's almost like you cheapen his accomplishments when you decide to, to say something about, about the race or you're making a story about something that's not even really there. That's kind of my opinion. I try to look past all that stuff, to be quite honest with you. I agree with you 100%, John. Uh, that's perfect answer, in my opinion. Because And Tiger himself has never been a big outspoken uh, race guy. Like, you know, people, they've tried to, of course, bait him. And I'm sure Brad and April have seen it, you know, in interviews where uh, somebody will try to get him to, to say something that'll stir up some shit. And he's always been uh, smarter than that, thankfully, than to really bite on that and never given any cannon fodder to the the false race thing. But I wanted to ask uh, you, April, what you thought of uh, when Tiger came off the course and hugged his, uh, his young son, Charlie. Did you catch that part? Oh, yeah. And that's when I lost it. And that's did you when see I just the, started crying. Did you see that Brooke, Brooke too, and me? That That's when, but when they played the montage of Tiger at 21 hugging Earl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was perfect. It was. Blew yeah, my was, tits off. Yeah. I was like, oh my goodness. And I started <laughs> crying and my son looked at me. He goes, mom, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think of that moment, Brad, as a, as a strapping man? Did it oh, make you a little bitch too, like it did me? <laughs> well, yeah, of course it did. Because, and I have this problem. I, well, I guess that's not really a problem, but sporting events do this to me. Not many things give me that, make me well up like that. But shit, I was at an Etowah game this year. And when the team gets together right before they run onto the field, and they do that thing where they all are together. They're doing their chant. That gets me teared up. But when you see Tiger come off the course after doing what he did, I couldn't help it. I mean, it got real dusty in my house. I mean, it, <laughs> Yeah. Shit. And, and to see his excitement, his excitement, I mean, we were going through the roof. I have an old friend of mine that was in town and he couldn't care less about golf. Um, but I think he even, he even got a little bit, uh, welled up himself. Well, let me tell you the last time I cried and we've talked about this once before, but we're very similar, Brad. I'm, I'm a sports guy. I mean, you throw on uh, Brian's song or, 
um, the program, the program. I mean, there's a bunch, you know, movies that get to me, but the, when, uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes, their tradition with the, the cancer kids, that was in the E60 football stadium where they turn around in the third quarter and they wave to the kids that are in the cancer ward. The whole stadium turns around every coach, every player, and they wave to those kids that are standing up on the cancer floor of the hospital behind the stadium kills me. Well, they did a whole special on it on like an E60 thing. And so it was like, it was one of the only times I think I've ever seen. I mean, I've been with Randall for 10 years or so now, and it's, I think one of the only, and I don't even think I actually saw any tears. You just say you were like, well, no, I, Look you were, we you fight were it back, you. Brooke. We fight it I know. back. We oh, don't want you to see he, he it. Was, um, <laughs> <laughs> but he admits that it was happening, but he was like, get out of here. <laughs> I'll tell you where it really got me. Man. When they were, when he came off uh, the green, he went to his kids and that was a beautiful moment. And then I asked Eric, I said, how many golfers do you think are sitting there waiting on him right now? And then, so we went through the one spell where we get emotional and then he makes it over there where he's getting ready to walk in and sign his card. And you got JT and Ricky and Bubba, everybody over there waiting to congratulate the guy that they really wanted to see win if they didn't win themselves. And Mm -hmm. that to me is touching as well. Oh yeah. All his competition was there just as excited. I mean, like that was great. Like the people that he was like that. I mean, the, the guy that I was saying was fine. Uh, Brooks. Cupcake. Yeah. Cupcake. Kepka. Fine. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a beast. Uh, I was like, Ooh, yeah. I was like, who is this <laughs> tall drink of water out there playing golf? Um, I mean, he was right there in his group, wasn't he? He was, yeah, he, he was, was in the group ahead. ahead. He was the one, yeah, the oh, one right okay. ahead. But, like, even the guys that were, like, you know, maybe going to win before he came back and, like, spanked them all. To my Molinari? Yeah, like, they were all, like, you know, it's the tiger effect. Like, what can we do? <laughs> like, well, if yeah. we're so happy for the guy. Brad, what? <laughs> that's a good point. Brad, what did you think about that? Molinari is being a machine the whole tournament. He is a par machine. He is unflappable. He had 40 he doesn't, straight birdies. He gives no fucks that Tiger's involved, or he thinks that. And then he thought that. The, yeah. Then Sunday comes along. And you see, he starts off, he's, he's playing okay, you know, still even in the, the final round. And I knew, I was like, he's going to shit the bed. I don't care how consistent he's been. And it's real. The shit's real. Tiger's sitting there, he's chewing his gum now. He's. <laughs> You know, unflappable. He's in his red shirt. He's in his Sunday reds, which is the coolest shit on planet Earth. If people don't realize or know the story about that, Google the shit. And his whole family was wearing red and black, too. And if you don't start wearing it when Tiger's in contention (laughs) on Sunday, something's wrong with you. Well, I'll give you two points on that, Brooke. I mean, Randall. First of all, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. I think he might be chewing some CBD gum. Ah, calling them nerves a little bit but i don't know if you picked up on this but i think it was on the eighth hole and the tenth hole molinari was teeing off and then they also had who was who else was in his group he had um yeah 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 yeah, that's right so they're both in his group when they're teeing off tiger was literally two foot in front of the t-markers just so they could see him it was a tiger. It was a power play, bro. He was up there so they could see Tiger standing there, mm-hmm. just staring it down. And go back and watch the tapes, and look at it. He is in front of the T markers, and there's no rule saying he can't be. He was right. up there just letting them know, hey, I swing a little bit lower than you boys do. 
Hope you brought your game today. Right. It was, it's a tactic, I'm sure. Hell yes, a tactic. I blame he's, him he's a shit. savage. <laughs> well, how many times did, uh, was it uh, surprising to you where what I found captivating about watching him win this Masters, which I thought was his best, um, you know, I equate it to like an old crafty pitcher, right? Mm-hmm. Like from Major League, old, uh, what's his name? It says, up yours, Joe Boo. Oh, throws butt, the down, Boo. Yep. Yeah, that yeah. throws the grease ball, the, the <laughs> Vagisil ball, uh-huh. whatever it takes to get him out. Uh-huh. And you see Tiger now in times where back in the day he would 10 cup the shit. You know, he'd Kevin Costner it and just to get it over the water. And now he's actually using his head and I think using his caddy. Um, La Cava. Yeah, mm-hmm. and... And he's just playing smart instead of brute. I think it's finally all clicked for him. And I think if he stays healthy, people are in trouble. I just hope he doesn't overplay himself and he takes time between tournaments. So he yeah, he um, the, the one thing he said before he went out Sunday is he had to stay patient. And he did stay patient. And he let Molinari make the mistakes um, cause previous to that, Molinari was money. He went what 40, 50 holes. I think it was 50 or 51 holes without a bogey. Yeah, it was 50. Um, and then when he hit that ball on the water on 12, Tiger saw a little bit of a crease and he just started to press just a little mm-hmm. bit. And then once he hit that ball on, uh, it was 15 when he came off the limb and down into the drink, that was the end of the ball game. And Tiger said, okay, watch this. And he damn near hold it out on 16 from the tee box. Mm-hmm. Hey, I've got a question for uh, for John, and I want to get uh, April's opinion too. Why hasn't why won't Tiger just shave his head, John? What do you think first? <laughs> Have you seen his horrible hairline? It okay, kills me. The reason is because I feel it keeps his hat. The, that little bit of hair keeps your hat on a little bit better in a swing. <laughs> I think if you have a bald head, it's too slick and slippery. And next thing you know, you take a swing, your hat kind of cocks crooked. And it, it takes your mind off your swing. So I'm saying the reason he doesn't. And the thing about it is, listen, I've sit there right now, and I'm the listen. I'm not Tiger Woods. I'm not put myself on the same plane. But I'm sitting there, and I'm like, do I shave my head because I just about it's so short now? I might as well shave it. And I just can't make that. I just can't make that decision to go completely clean shaven. So I get it. You know, just what it's a shame. Think, April, should he shave it or no? I think you should leave it. Oh God! Just man. leave it. He likes it, but he takes it. It makes him look he has, so old. Exactly. It he's does. Got his hat it on. Does. He's got his hat on. He looks freaking thirty-three. Like you and know, then he takes his hat off, and he's, he's 70. seventy-two. <laughs> he's, he'll look like Dave Chappelle. One part of him wants you know to look good. The other, he's trying to keep for his mental status. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess. I told Randall it's probably a superstition thing. I mean, it's because it's everything to the. T, I'm sure, is planned out to, point. to that degree. I just can't. I mean, I just don't. I've shaved my head since I was 20 because my hair And I'm was with thin. you. I think he should. But I think on for him, it's probably part of his whole regimen. Like, his hair has to be X centimeters long. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I think you it's, know how I think it's some, of, some of that. I could see that. Some of what John says for some guys... Letting go is like, yeah. I mean, I just did it so young. I, I have a 
different. Some guy, a lot of guys have a hard time letting go. I mean, you know that. But here's my what, thing: the guy's got so much money. Why don't you just go get some hair? Get some hair transplants. Looks, put some well, plugs in. Then you look like Donald Trump. None of that shit looks. <laughs> that's not. I mean, that's yeah. not true. Nowadays, it, it, they do it so, it's so. It looks so much better now than back in the day. They they got a way of getting it done. And I think you know, again, all that money, you should be able to get some hair, especially now. It should be better at that shit by now. Yeah, I would think that the Nike folks could. <laughs> they've got some technology that's better than the hair club. They can have that. dry. Uh, wait, like. Wick, moisture wicking hair, right? <laughs> you know, we <laughs> let's talk about the real crime that that uh, Tiger's ex-wife has half of his money, never hit a tee shot, never chipped out of a bunker, never sunk right. a putt, and she got all that Tiger money. Now, if that's not a crime, and it's tear too. Yeah. Oh, but let me tell you, if anybody's. Uh, scorned ex she handled it better than any i mean she didn't she could have destroyed we it. haven't heard a peep out of her she's like i'll take my money and raise our kids thanks bye their kids <laughs> their thank kids you for all are, of it uh-huh. their kids are doing well yeah. supposedly they're friendly i love hearing that you know you don't hear any garbage between the two yeah. and uh i would imagine that that's a big part of why he's been able to recover the way that he has mm -hmm. Um, but man, she was smoking hot. Yeah, she was. What a dumb dumb. <laughs> she was so hot and so sweet. I always say it's the whole thing about, you know, why do I, why do I want a greasy burger when I got steak at home? Well, every night you eat steak and every once in a while you're like, man, I could go for a greasy burger. But the, th the thing is, all right, so now he's done this. Now, where do we go from here? Is he back? Or was this a one-time thing? Is this his swan song? Yeah, Brad, what do you think for him? Uh, what, you think he's going to do okay at the Open? What's your, uh, how do you, what do you predict for Tiger? I think he's going to do just fine. I think there's a chance he can go out and win another one this year. I mean, he won the uh, Tour Championship last year at Eastlake. Yep. And and when that happened, I mean, you saw the crowd close in like a sea behind him. I've never seen that was like insane. It. Dude, I me and April were over here boo hooing. I mean, not not me really, but I was just kind of tearing up. But <laughs> I mean, I never seen anything like that. And then for him to come back and win the Masters when and and in my foursome for the fantasy golf within our neighborhood, I did not pick him because I just didn't think it was gonna happen. And he goes out there and schools this thing. And now after watching it. I don't have any doubt that he can go out there and do it on any of these opens or any the British Open, the you know the U.S. Open, and then we've got what the PGA Championship. Um, he's got a chance to go out there and, and and compete with these guys every weekend. Now, will he get it done? It remains to be seen if his body can hold up, but he's not playing more than two weeks in a row at a time. Yeah, I like that, and here's here's why I think my opinion is why he's deadly right now for probably the next year is you can't give an assassin their confidence back if you want them to stay down. Mm -hmm. And he's done one another damn green jacket. So now he's damn salivating again. Jack is right back in focus. Mm -hmm. Like it's as real as ever. And he just won not only the Masters, not only his first major in, what, 15 years, 
but he beat a group that played their asses off that were it was a leaderboard of the best of the best it was you know there's six of the top 10 players in the world were in the top 10 it wasn't like there was a ragtag group this year and scores were shitty and he lucked up and fell into a win he battled the best of the best this year and if you don't see that then you don't know anything about fucking golf and sports oh he beat them he didn't he didn't nobody went out there and lost the tournament he went out there and won the tournament oh agreed and there's no excuse like people are looking for excuses like you know a lot of the journalists that put their foot in their mouth you know the ones the skip baylesses and everybody that said he was done he'll never win again he's a former golfer not a real golfer um and they're having to eat some crow now you know they're trying to throw out an excuse there wasn't a single excuse at this masters for why he won now here's my only piece that i'm skeptical about and i'm not skeptical i just hope and i I do think he's smart enough and surrounded himself now with people that are that have his best intentions at heart and he's been humbled, but I just hope the pressure doesn't get too big again. Cause I want it to stay fun. If it becomes work again, like if he just, I don't want to see a million Cadillac ads, I guess is what I'm saying. And, him, you know, stretching himself so thin because what happens when you do that is not only emotionally and mentally you get stretched. That's when you get hurt again. You know, and I don't know if he could take it, a major injury again. Wait a minute. Are you nope. telling me that you think that standing there and doing a commercial for Cadillac or Buick or, or doing those spots is like strenuous work? I mean, at, you work for a living. Everybody here works for a living. You Does that really, really work? I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I know it, it takes time and everything, but the amount of money he gets for standing around here next to a car or driving a car or whatever they're – hawking shoes and stuff is that really working i mean are you kidding me yeah no come on now it's work only for the fact that this guy's schedule is so everybody wants a piece of it so at that point every single second of your day is accounted for so you're going to be on a jet going here you're going to be on a jet going there and it's it's very taxing on him and i'm not saying you know you're standing around there like digging a ditch or anything but i think the time demands and the demands from media and things like that definitely take a toll on somebody's mental uh, capability to do anything and then at that point that's when you start to stray a little bit and 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 you're right. It's not hard work. It's just a, a matter of having to do all the scheduling. And oh, by the way, I've got to practice to try to win another major, and I can't practice too hard because I may hurt myself. It's just all these things. But he's an old man. I'm an old oh, yeah. man. You know, I'm living vicariously through somebody that's doing something great at 43, hoping, hey, I'm 43, maybe I can do something great. <laughs> well, see, and I have a different. That's a exactly. I agree 100 with uh, Brad right there. But what I'm talking about with the work is a total different thing. I'm talking about the weight of the world of more sponsors on him to win. You know, if Cadillac comes back hard, and all the new, which is going to happen, new Just Nike ads, then he's he starts, I've got to win. You know, I've got fucking T-Mobile. I've got damn, you know, Verizon. I've got damn. You can't have both. I those. know, but somebody, all these, <laughs> you know, they're back on board. Now I have to be old. T- you know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. the pressure, not so much the work. He's already but got he, F.U. money. He's got yeah, that's F.U. money. Saying. He doesn't he need this. keeps it small. Be like, you know what, bitch? I'm just going to win the $10 million a tournament and keep Nike, do some shit for them. 
but you, you got to keep that tag. Was it tag or Rolex? You got to keep that watch sponsor though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, you can keep Cadillac. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? It's more of a. It's how much money he gets from careful. Nike every year. It's free money. It's just, it's like you walk in, you sweep it up. It's easy work. I mean, anybody with a Google calendar can, you know, schedule it out. Hey, listen, we're, this is when we're going to do it. Okay. You know, you don't just take too many. You tell them that if you're going to be a spokesperson for that, they're, they're coming to you. You're the, you know, you're the draw. He can write his own ticket. I mean, I wouldn't worry about that. To me, the, I would have, you know, I'd be doing acupuncture, everything for that back to keep that back loose right. and limber and, 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 you know, yoga, whatever he's got to do. That's what I'd be doing. Well, did you hear, John, that, uh, and you may not have, because I don't know how much you watched of the coverage, but um, his schedule on during the Masters, he was getting up every morning at 345, because yeah. that's when he has to start stretching uh-huh. and getting warmed up just to be able For like a nine o'clock to go time and or walk something. and play 18 holes of golf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's what happens when you get old. You know, you, mm-hmm. Brad, you're, you crack me up. You're sitting there. I'm 43. I'm 57. Okay. You know, I get up in the morning and it's a, it's. For me, just to move my legs around and stretch my back out just so I can get up and make it to the bathroom before I wet myself. That to me, <laughs> I mean, you, when you get to that, come call me. But I'm just, you know, but I do get the idea of him getting up and stretching and limbering and doing all that. But he's only got to do that five days or, you know, for whatever to get ready for the tournament. And now it's over. I'm not saying he doesn't do that now, but he can back down his training and, and still get ready for the next tournament. He can pick and choose what he wants to do. He doesn't have to be the tiger he was. He's never going to be the tiger he was, but he still can be the tiger that the sport of golf needs. And it also can, again, you know, the tide raises all boats. He's good for the That's sport. Right. I don't care what anybody says. Yep. And and you, you hit on a point right there, and that was 100%. And if he can just pick and choose where he wants to go, of course, we would all love to see him play every weekend, but that can't happen. And and so we'll get him a couple of weeks out of the month, and I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, me too. Well, guys, I want to do something before we um, wrap this thing up. I want to do uh, – I kind of want to introduce every – reintroduce. We talked about um, Conversation X, but I want to – give Brad and April a chance to kind of tell everybody what exactly their show is about, what got them into podcasting, what do they like about it, what do they hate about it, and uh, go from there. Man, we just started um, – I listen to a lot of podcasts to start with because I travel a lot, so I'm, I'm always – listening and and it's engaging to me because i'm not trying to flip through music and things like that i can drive seven hours and listen to a couple of podcasts a couple of long ones and and stay engaged and stay between the lines and um jason and casey are friends of ours that we've known hell we went to middle school together and we we generally have some cool discussions based upon music and things like that and we started kind of tinkering around with the idea of you know the nineties really did shape who we are in our forties. And that's really what started the plateau, um, for us to do this. And it, it's kind of, I'm not going to say outgrown that because you can only talk about so many things from the nineties and we still go back to that. Um, but we generally now we've added Casey and April into the mix and it's just fun for us to sit back and pick a topic and go off on it and have fun. We've, we've caused a little bit of a riff up here on Lake Alatoon in the past few weeks. And it's been kind of uh-huh. funny to see that too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you know, it, we it's you know we have opinions, and when you have opinions, you talk about it, and not you. everybody's going to agree with our opinions. And I, quite <laughs> frankly, don't give a fuck. So, um, well, if they want to say something about it, they can get their own podcast and say something. <laughs> I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Let me introduce you to John Buchanan, the man that doesn't mind at all making people shove their uh, <laughs> bullshit up their ass. John is uh, I, I couldn't even tell you whether John's a a Democrat or a Republican, because he's just so damn all over the place. He'll fuck with anybody. I'm the, from the yeah. common sense party. Oh, yeah. I, I want common I like sense that party. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, so what? What kind of advice would you give him, John, about upsetting people? Because you've definitely pissed plenty of people off uh, with your opinions <laughs> over the over the years. Don't care. Don't care. <laughs> All right. You know what? Don't. Here's my thing. If you listen to my podcast and I've upset you or made you mad, it's real easy. You're not allowed to listen anymore. All right. Go listen (laughs) to another podcast. Again, there's a there's a play button and there's an off button. All right. And I'm going to do what I this is what I love. I love podcasting because the fact of the matter is I'm going to find my people. My people are going to gravitate to me. And if you don't like what I do, then just shut the button off. Just hit the off button and never come back again. And I'm fine with that. But what I have a problem with is these people that, of course, you don't agree with them. They're going to ruin your life. They're going to come after you. They're going to come after you on social media. They're going to talk to you. They're going to try to get you fired. These people I would like to burn at the stake. (laughs) To be quite honest with you. Yeah, that shit drives me nuts. So for me, I started podcasting in 2012. I love podcasting. I love the whole, you know, I love the whole getting the message out. I'm a part of four podcasts right now. Uh, I do, I podcast five nights a week. And it's not just one show. It's it's all four different shows. And I love helping independent podcasters, you know, get their message out there. I love the technology of it. I love everything about it. Not only do I edit 15 podcasts a week, I probably listen to 15 or 20 different podcasts a week. So, you know, it does really envelop my life. And the thing is, just be you. Don't be somebody that you think that your audience wants. Be you. Let your people find you. And I would rather talk to 250 people that are that get me and know me than 5,000 people that have no idea about anything that I'm about. And that's the way I do it. And, you know, the thing about it, your show is, you can talk in the 90s, and if you get something, you pivot and do something else. You're your boss. You don't have a program director. You don't have anybody telling you what to do. You change it up. Quit. Keep it. Whatever you want to do. And decide to do something else. You already have the technology. You have all the tools. You can do whatever you want. Oh, we can pivot, bro. We pivot all the time. <laughs> I know. I listen. Well, April, what, uh, what do you think of podcasting? Do you still... Uh you still love it? Does it ever piss you off? Have you and uh, Brad had any uh, little uh, blowouts over podcasting yet? Any arguments? No, not really. I like it. The only reason why I started talking was because I was throwing in my two cents while they were podcasting <laughs> and you I, couldn't hear me. And he's like, uh, if you're going to say something, get on the microphone. I remember that. So I started like doing passing that. Passing through the room like, oh, you guys are idiots. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. That's exactly how it went, bro. <laughs> so my thing I'm is, married too. So my I'm thing like, is, I don't agree with you. That's not yeah. right. <laughs> so I listen to the show, and then I'm listening, and then I hear April in the background. I'm like, what is she saying? So, someone please tell <laughs> her to get on thank the mic. You. And I kept saying the same damn thing. And you know what? Now uh, we, we, kept, we kept buying some Sure SM57s or 58s, whichever the ones have the cones on them. 
and we all have a mic so we can say whatever we want. April still doesn't talk as much as she should, but she's she's just kind of getting used to it. And um, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun with the four of us now, though, because we can kind of pass it around and, and all four of us have opinions and none of them are the same. I don't, if, I don't know if y'all listened to this past episode, but we all had some pretty differing opinions when it came down to the music part. Yeah, you guys, I mean, that's definitely the, I guess, the home base um, of the of the show, the the music. But, you know, I'm a 90s kid. I mean, we're all Gen Xers or us. I don't know. What are you, John? I'm a baby boomer. Baby boomer. baby boomer. Yeah, I'm a baby yeah. boomer. Are you a baby boomer, John? Sure. Yeah. God, you're old. I know. <laughs> Now I I know I am old. So I am Podfather. Now I do listen to Conversation X, and one of the things I I love the sound quality. You guys sound like a professional show. Uh, I you know like I said when I listen, I'm very I'm an audio snob. So when I listen, I want to hear you know some some good audio, and you guys you have a good flow between what you do, and I I enjoy it. And 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 don't let people get under your skin or don't let people second guess. Just be you, have fun. If you're not, if it's, if you're not having fun, then why are you doing it? Dude, that's exactly when we started this thing and, and Jason and I talked about it. I said, if there ever comes a day or a Sunday or whatever day we're supposed to do this and it starts to feel like it's work, I don't ever want to do it again. And I didn't know how that was going to go. And once we started, I started to really get hungry for it and wanted, you know, keep doing it. So, um, we haven't had that happen yet. And, uh, you know, we're a little over six, seven months in now. And then it's, I don't know, we really enjoy doing it. I don't really give a shit what anybody has to say. Whenever we had the flack from uh, a certain uh, restaurant owner down here at the lake <laughs> and Jason calls me, says, um, I, I think I'm going to call him. Do you think I should do it? I'm like, no, I idea that is no, you just it's like, you, no, you <laughs> who would that be Brooke? <laughs> I bet you couldn't tell me <laughs> I'll tell you, what I do is I put but them on anyway, blast. Um, you know, it, it was, I, I told him, I said, you do whatever you want. You can phone me in. You can, you can conference me in if you want. I said, you don't, you don't have to call this guy back. It doesn't matter. You know, he's not part of what we do and it has no influence on what we're going to do from here going forward. No, yeah. he's got six people. He influences yeah. probably. No. Hey, by the way, we got 120 followers, 131 followers now on face. I mean, um, Twitter now guys, not 98 anymore. one. I know. And we're we're gonna we're gonna grow that shit because I've said it for months now since uh, I started listening to your show is when when it catches and people start like following the social media of you guys, the show is gonna blow up because it's a great show. I've I've been a supporter since the first time I heard about it, and then we share a common friend that it's funny how we actually got linked yeah. up because uh, how about that? Uh, his buddy Jim. Oh, J Lou. Yeah, that I met me and Jimbo met in the sauna at LA oh, Fitness. That was a weird story when he was telling me yeah. about the sauna thing. We were sitting in the sauna. In the sauna, everybody's wieners out or no? No, we okay. don't, none of us. <laughs> Jim, Jim, and me, we don't sauna nude. I'm on okay, um, cool. I'm on sitting in there right sauna now. and talking about podcasting. And I mean, boom, he was like, holy shit, you uh, have a podcast? So do my buddies. Oh. And I was like, well, who are they? That's you right. Know? And I then remember. boom. Um, but yeah, so we're going to spread the word on that. I think this round table will be good because, uh, we're going to grow that base and then get that show, uh, on fire. Cause you guys are awesome, man. I'm a big fan. I know John is yeah. and jo for John to be a fan 
as a huge uh, accomplishment in in my eyes. You know, John's kind of the yeah. For him to say that your audio sounds good is a very big compliment because yeah, he'll tell well, you. Well, thank not. you, John. <laughs> I appreciate it. I I come from a long background in music, and uh, there you go. I, I just happen to have the tools to do it. I'm no I'm no expert at what at by any means, but I do know that whenever we uh, are all sitting around, if you want to separate our voices, some people need compressors because you can't hear them. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Well, so how do they, uh, how do people find you guys? Let's give out the social medias and uh, all that good stuff, uh, Brad. Uh, Convo X podcast across all the media platforms, social media platforms and conversation X podcast at Gmail. And you should be able to find us. And we're really trying to step up the Twitter game. I travel a lot and that's been very lackluster from, uh, from our end. So we're trying to be a little bit more conscious of it and, and learning how to hashtag. That seems to be very important. So we just keep it rolling, man. And, and I certainly appreciate the support from all you guys, man. It means the world to us. Yeah, man. I, I'm happy to do it. Uh, I'm glad to, that we're all on uh, on board on Civilized Creatures just to help grow each other's shows. Um, no bullshit, no drama. You got some podcast networks out there that make me want to throw up because they're <laughs> they're full of shit and end up stabbing each other in the back. And you know, ours our little thing here is great because it's just a group of people that are going to support each other, uh, retweet, share, have each other on each other's shows, promote each other, and fucking just be cool to mm-hmm. each other. You know, that's. That's, I think, what we're all about. Be cool, bro. The one thing that that I just don't understand is podcast competition because we do one show, most of us do one show an hour or so a week. And if you're a podcast listener, you're out there, you're trying to find different shows. So the fact that we can't be in cooperation with each other and support each other's shows and, and because to me, the hardest thing to do is to make a podcast. The second hardest thing to do, I'm sorry, let me back that up. It's the other way. The second hardest thing to do is make a podcast. The first hardest thing to do is get somebody to listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. That is the yep. hardest thing to yep. do. And the promotion is the hardest part. So the people that are out there and they're trying to make it uh, you know, as a competition, your show is better. Every show is different. Every show is unique. None of them are the same. So I, don't, I never Hell got no. that. Never got that. That's the beauty of it. Well, guys, I appreciate uh, you guys being on here for the, the second round table. And uh, we'll do some more of these and, and get the word out to get uh, everybody on the network together and uh, shared. But, Brad, I, I don't know if you heard, but we are going to try and do a Civilized Creatures team builder. And it's going to be here in Atlanta because <laughs> we're kind no of kidding area. Uh, I'm hoping maybe sometime in the fall, you know, John's in Philly. Um, we've got Drinks with Larry crew up in Ohio, outside of Cleveland, so they can all get here to Atlanta cheap and easy. And uh, we're going to go and do some shit, go to the Claremont or something, go <laughs> somewhere cool, and awesome. uh, show, show these people Atlanta and have a good time. Well, let's do it, and if there's anything I can do to help facilitate that, let me know. I'm a planner, brother. Absolutely. Oh. We will have, I uh, promise you, you'll be in the loop. But uh, for everybody else out there, follow Conversation X. Uh, you heard all the socials. Check them out. I'm telling you, you won't regret it. You know John at Unbelievably Stupid Podcast. That's all, uh, unbelievably, unbelievably pod on all the socials. Just unbelievably pod. And who are we, babe? Married AF. We're married as fuck on Twitter. Married AF Podcast on Instagram. And Married AF Podcast on Facebook, too. Yep. So uh, that's it, guys. Thank you all uh, for joining us. And uh, to everybody out there listening, um, make sure you go fuck yourself. <laughs> See y'all later, guys.
Adiós. Bye.